Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Feeding and Leading Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk about some some practical theological things related to preaching and also related to pastoral ministry and leadership. And so today we're going to tackle a a, a pastoral, I guess we would call uh, this topic. But today we're going to talk about invitations, and I think invitations is also partly in the preaching category as well. I think it kind of segues into both of them. So uh, joining me as always on the podcast is my friend Andy Taylor, who is a regional ministry partner for Oklahoma Baptist. Andy, how are you today? Greetings from Tulsa. Tulsa, America. Yeah. I'm not in Tulsa. I'm actually sitting across the table from Todd. You, you are across the table from me in Oklahoma City in the Bev's building, but yeah. um, you've lived in Tulsa your whole life other than your military career. <laughs> <laughs> Born and raised yeah. in Tulsa, you went to yeah. Yeah. you went to Daniel Webster High School. Is that correct? How did you remember just, that? Yeah, like a steel trap. Baby. Yeah, you are. Bang, yeah, I I, yeah. I'm a Tulsa boy, and, and so yeah. When I got the opportunity to to do what we're doing and stay in Tulsa, mm-hmm. yeah, was, yeah, it's good. Okay, so let's talk about invitations. Yes, and let's start at a thirty thousand foot level. Um, should you even have an invitation? There are. Some people that would argue uh, an invitation isn't a biblical thing. They'll say, show mm-hmm. me in the Bible where they're given an invitation. Yeah. And uh, But traditionally, it's very much a part of our uh, Southern Baptist uh, DNA mm-hmm. that we would have an invitation. So mm-hmm. let's start by talking about the the biblical theological warrant for – having an invitation. Yeah. So should you have an invitation? Yes. And so why yes? Because, well, I would say, first of all, to start with is that the gospel is an invitation. That yes. The, 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 the coming of Christ is an invitation. All of, all of the gospel is, is actually an invitation for us to come to Christ by faith, because we're sinners. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, in, in that sense, yes, uh, we're incapable because of our, our sinfulness, but, but Christ has come as the message. He is the truth. He is the word. Mm-hmm. And his coming in itself is an invitation for all the world to be reconciled to God. Right. There is quite a bit to me of of what I think we would just call theological um, warrant yes. for the invitation. What you've just said, yeah. the, the gospel is an invitation. It is, a, it is an invitation for people to come and repent of sin and follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, too, in, a, in the theological kind of realm – we, we talk a lot here about imperative indicative of preaching, and the indicative is that call to obedience, a call to action that is in preaching. And so to me, the invitation is a natural outflow of preaching 
that yes. at the end of the sermon, yeah. I'm going to extend a call for people to respond in obedience because yeah. a call to obedience is certainly part of preaching. Now, I think we can drill down a little more, and let's just yeah, kind of look at in like chapter and verse, because that's where a lot of yeah. people say, show me the Bible where chapter and verse, you know, you have invitation. Todd, I, I want to I follow just one little thing with mm-hmm. what you said right there. By the way, a sermon is an invitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing, the whole sermon mm-hmm. is an invitation. You're inviting people to join God. Right. That's right. Right. So... Okay, so yeah, let's drill let, down. let's let's think about Jesus for a second. Yeah, I, I think Jesus did invitations. I think when he says sure. to the disciples, "Follow me," uh, that is in itself an invitation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the greatest sermon ever preached. Yeah, it is not is not that illustration at the end of the Sermon on the Mount about everyone who listens to these words and does not obey it yeah, does not ro- respond. Yeah, the rock and your, the sand. Your yeah. house is on sand, but the yeah. one who listens and obeys responds. Your house is built on the rock. I think that's an invitation at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, he's just he's, he's, he is pinpoint, point blank saying, you can't just listen to these words and do nothing. Right. You've got to respond to them. Yeah. And so I think biblically – there is very much a warrant for having invitations. Yeah. And it's just the nature of the gospel. It's the nature of the Word of God, just as you said it so well. The whole thing is an invitation. Yeah. You know, God God did not give us the Bible just to inform us, but to transform us. It is a call for us to change our lives. All right. So um, let's talk now about um, what, kind, what kind of invitation should we have? And COVID has made this a very interesting thing now in our churches because, again, the typical SBC DNA is the altar call invitation. And the pastor stands down at front, and you have an altar call where you invite people to walk forward in front of the church and and to respond um, or join the church. But they're responding um, after the message. Yeah. Um, Just talk a little bit about is that is is you know is that the only kind of invitation we can have? There are other invitations that we can have. Talk talk a little bit about some so your thoughts on that. The first thought that I would have on that is um, the 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 altar call is absolutely fine. There's mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. yeah. If COVID has taught us anything, it's taught it, it's taught us in preaching that there are other ways mm-hmm. of doing the invitation, mm-hmm. which I think is a good thing. I just want to make sure that we don't throw out the altar call right. with that discovery. Right. Okay. Right. Now, it, it, to take the altar call, um, one of the defenses that I, I want to maybe just kind of poke at just a little bit with the altar call is is many people say, well, the altar call is there because we are to make make it public. We're to mm-hmm. make our things public. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. But, you know, that profession, it, let's say it's a profession of faith. Really, that, that, that public profession of faith really is in baptism, mm-hmm. one. Right. And, and number two is that, that the profession needs to be made public, not just to the church, but even outside of the church, mm-hmm. that we're not ashamed, right. that, we, that we're willing to share our faith. So um, with that being said, I think – that the altar call, having people uh, respond 
to come forward uh, to to make some kind of indication that they mm-hmm. they're following an obedience is is absolutely um, perfectly warranted. Mm-hmm. Um, I know during COVID, we at Arrow Heights we used a, a, a modified version in which we were asking people to not come forward, but they were going to meet us in in a large room, mm-hmm. a large open room, and our staff would be spread out. Uh, mm-hmm. in that area. And we found some real real benefits to that as compared to the front altar call. Right. So right. Uh, that's just a couple of, of things that I would say. Yeah, that. yeah. And, you know, I, I think on, obviously, as you said, having the altar call invitation, that that's a great thing. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the things I think we need to be careful about in altar call invitations. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit of that. But um, you know, the invitation of, of calling someone, not necessarily to come to the front while the music's playing and everything, but having the room, as you said, over here to the side. One of the things I would add to that, Andy, is in the last, oh, 15-ish years of being a pastor, the complexity of why someone comes forward got a lot deeper than when I first started in ministry. When I first started in ministry 30-ish years ago, mm-hmm. most of the time, you know, somebody just came they came down for prayer, or if they came down to join the church, it was going to be either because they were getting saved or it was a transfer of letter, you know, and, and that was about many the times. extent of it. But then as you've, you've had other um, – You've had other shifts and movements in some other mainline denominations and I, I and just some other religious um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for streams. You know, you'll we found I just know out of manual, we found many, many more people would come down wanting to join the church from a not a very non SBC background, but not even an evangelical background. Mm. You know, you'd have someone come down and here's the thing. Talking with someone with that kind of a complexity <laughs> right there while the music's going, you, you, well, you just can't do it. Yeah. But if you go over here to the room and it's quiet, you, you, can, you can really cover a lot more of those bases. So I think many churches have found it helpful to have that decision room or yeah. whatever they want to call it, encourager's room. Um, and, um, I mean, let's just face it. Many more people are going to be willing to go over to that room than maybe walk down to the front. Now, I, know, I hear the argument of that is, you know, well, they need to be willing to, um, you know, publicly in front of everyone. Sure, I get that. And as you said, there's other ways that's done. But, uh, yeah, actually, I think there's more important ways yeah, that that's done. Yeah, yeah, but there's such complexity where yeah. where maybe some not even someone for salvation. Yeah, but someone wants to come and respond to the to the message and the invitation. That's dealing with an addiction. Yeah. That's dealing with uh, something marriage problem. A marriage problem, yeah. and you know, and and that side room over here many times is a great way, a better way, a more effective way of visiting with them. So it's not to say that the altar call invitation is a bad thing. I right. think I think these other ways of having invitation are perfectly fine as well. Yeah. And I think the point you and I are trying to establish here is. Yeah. Do have an invitation, sure, but, but not all invitations are you know come in the same size. <laughs> yeah. Now and now I would also argue that that complexity has always been there, 
honestly. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I think it's a dangerous thing, and I will get into some of these things a little bit later. I think it's a dangerous thing for us to think that we're going to um, settle the issue of someone's salvation standing in front of right. a hundred-person crowd while right. we're singing. And by the way, we've all felt the pressure of hurrying. Yeah, which right. and that's terrible. Um, so I would I would say this: that do an altar call, just don't make it the only step. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree, absolutely 100% a agree. A multi-venued approach. Yes, I think, and, and you know, just in if in the spirit of ask my opinion, I think having the altar call, and and um, you, you you've got some trained lay people or staff if you have it, yeah. that come to the front or the pastor himself, and people ha- you you make that available, and if people want to come. And always, absolutely, you make that available for prayer, and you encourage people to come and pray. Mm-hmm. And um, but having also that that room to the side, I think, can be an added benefit if mm-hmm. that's the way to say that. Yeah, um, I think I think those can be some good things. All right, so let's talk a little bit more of some mechanics about an invitation. Sure, what we should and shouldn't do. Um, I, I think. You you preached, you prayed at the end of your sermon, and okay, now you're going to lead right into the invitation. Um, one of the worst things a pastor can do in the invitation is preach another sermon. Yeah. So the Especially invitation, one that's not related to the first one. <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes the pastor stands there in the invitation and they're like, oh, I forgot that thing I was going to say, or I forgot this thing I was going to say. And now you preach the second sermon. And uh, that I think for many reasons that's just that's kind of a killer. Or, or let's say you're doing a, a a series, a sermon series on tithing, mm-hmm. or you're doing a sermon series, you know, which is fine. I mean, you know, we promote preaching through books of the Bible, but there are times mm-hmm. to do some other things. Maybe you're preaching through a book of the Bible, but you're, you've preached on something that's dealing with discipleship, and then you get to the invitation, and suddenly now it's an evangelistic thing. Right. It, and it's just disjointed. Right, right. So I think related to that then, the what you say in the invitation as you call people to come forward needs to be specific, and it yeah. needs to be on point with what the message, what the CIT, the CIT. was. Yeah. Here we come back uh, to it. So I preached on Ephesians four one, walking worthy. You know, uh, okay. So yeah. my invitation needs to be geared around that. I right. want to call people to come forward today who realize there's something in their life that isn't worthy. Um, right. Hey, I've got some. I need to come and and I want the pastor to pray with me about something going on in my life, or um, you know, and, and and always, always there is that evangelistic. You know, as we bring a sermon in light of of redemption, in light of the gospel, light of the cross. Yeah. Um, but but as you said, so many times people are going to come forward for for salvation, and 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 that when they come when they come forward, either at the altar call or they go to the decision room, mm-hmm. and they tell someone, "Hey, I'm ready to give my life to Christ." I mean, they, they may have been there three to six months, right. and they may have heard all the. It, it's a cumulative effect, that's I guess. Exactly now, sometimes right. it might be the very first time, and and that's incredible. But many times, you know, and so keep keep consistent with that CIT. Make the invitation pinpointed <laughs> and related to what the sermon was about. 
call call them to respond to God as it relates to what that text was about. Yeah. And you know what? God's going to call people to salvation. He's going to call yes. people to ministry. Yes. He's going to call people to repentance. To through sanctification, that text, to through, all of it. Through that text, yes. regardless of what that text was. If you preach the CIT. Yeah. Do you think people roll their eyes when we start talking about CIT again? <laughs> oh, here they go well, again. They, they, can, they can roll it. Yeah, they um, can roll. Yeah, all they want. Um, yes. let, let's talk about um, – let's talk about – the uh, sometimes in invitations, churches use like a written, a card. Yeah, you know, right. hey, mark your response, and 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 that's something we haven't talked about in the episode yet. We've we've talked about the altar call, we've talked about the decision room, and and then there's even another layer. Yeah, where maybe someone doesn't really want to do either one of those, but they but they're willing to put their name and phone number, and they and they mark on a card. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to. I want somebody. I want to talk to somebody about following Christ. I yeah. want to, and then you get to have that phone call, and then you can set up that. Um, thoughts on that? No, I think that's. Uh, I think it's absolutely valid to to do that. I mean, you've you even see those. <laughs> they, they come in in uh, standard in in worship bulletins. You know, where you rip off the little edge, and you, you get to mark that. And and we used to get those in the offering plate. You know, and people, and we would see people were, you know, responding in that way. Mm-hmm. Once again, I would say, just don't let that be the only way mm-hmm. that you do that. Yeah. Let let there be more steps that invitation. You know, encourage it. You know, if you meet with them, talk with them, encourage them mm-hmm. to come during an altar call, to come during, uh, to to the um, to the room off to the side, to come to a. Uh, this is one we haven't talked about. To like a post service meeting, mm-hmm. you know, where there's a specific place where the pastor's going to stand when after the service is completely uh, dismissed. And if people still want to come in, they can come. They can pr- have some people that are set up to pray, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think right. I, I think we just – all of these are good. We just have to understand that, you know, none of them answers the total question right. in right. and of itself. Yeah, and and so having those different layers of an invitation, different angles, aspects of it, I think that's a good thing, a helpful thing. Um, something else to avoid an invitation: manipulation. Ugh. So don't preach a second yeah. sermon. Keep it pinpointed. The invitation. Keep it pinpointed on the CIT and what the yeah. text was. Um, the yes. manipulation thing is yeah. odious. I'm and sorry, needs to be I, I just I just gasped because this is one of my biggest pet peeves, man. Mm-hmm. I, it just, it makes my skin crawl. I, I seriously heard somebody say one time, if you love your mother, you'll make this decision. <laughs> okay. Wow. No, I seriously, I'm not, that's no, yeah. no joke. I heard that. Yeah. And, and that's just disheartening Yeah. because that's not, that's not what, that's not pointing to the gospel actually. That's right. That's exactly right. And, and, and we don't want just deci- we don't want just people just to make decisions. We want them to follow Christ. Right. That's right. You know? And and you know what? If you really believe in the Holy Spirit and you believe that the Holy Spirit is in there in that room mm-hmm. doing his work, you don't need to manipulate people. That's right. not your job. Right. Your job is to proclaim the gospel. Right. And your job is to pour your heart and soul into that. And, you know, last I checked, you ain't saving anybody in that room. Right. And uh, I, the manipulation thing, you nailed it. Manipulation is a failure to, 
to point people to the gospel, and now you've relied on some kind of psychological technique yeah. just to get somebody to come down. Yeah, and 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 you just—it's not needed. You just don't. It's, not. It, it's relying on a man-made kind of source of when this is spirit-driven yeah. is what it needs to be. Yeah, and you know, I, there's an elephant in the room here, and and, and I, we'll 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 dance with this very gently. But you know, um, there are lots of different techniques when you give the invitation mm-hmm. when you're asking people to come forward, and and all I would say to that is we need to be very careful. I'm not saying. Okay, I'm not saying that you can't have people close their eyes. I'm not even saying that you shouldn't, you should never, ever have somebody raise their Mm -hmm. hand. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. What I am saying is that we need to be very, very careful. Yes. With with those kind of things, because we may inadvertently lead some people to do one thing in this very moment and then believe that the next step is is furthering them towards the gospel. And, right. and I didn't explain that very well, but it, I think you all understand what I mean there. It's, sure. It's, it's, it's just something that we have got to be so careful about. You know, I, I just remember W.A. Criswell saying, some people won't even know who that is, <laughs> pastored First Baptist Dallas for 50 years. W.A. Criswell said that he believed that any given Sunday at First Baptist Dallas, he believed that 50% of his members were mm-hmm. not Christians. Mm-hmm. And that's just shocking. And, yeah. and we know that it's, yeah. uh, you know, that that's true still today. Yeah. Okay. A couple, couple uh, more practicality things. Yeah. Um, in an invitation, I think... I think probably churches should be careful and, and and reconsider using the word counseling. Yes. I think the word encourager yeah. is is a better word. We we don't want to give the impression that, you know, hey, I got licensed counselors over here that are waiting in the wings to help you. Um, if you have the side room or you have people that stand at the front to help you, those people need to be trained. Yeah. And uh, they need they need to be they need to know not to wing it. You know, hey, this person's asked a pretty deep theological question. I'll just kind of – they need to be very quick and willing to call the pastor over there. Yeah. And if you got yeah, any doubt sure. at all, then you need to call a staff member or call the yeah. pastor over there and, and let them deal with this. But those people need to be trained. You need to be very careful about the male-female – you know, Very a, much, a man yeah. counseling, yeah. encouraging a woman in that. It needs to be women encouraging women yeah. and men encouraging men. Uh, that needs to be something that is is very uh, careful. You're very careful about. The other thing I would say is to pastors is if you're in doubt about someone's come down, um, tell, tell them you're going to meet with them this Wait. week. Yeah. Don't make some quick Present them to the church. Yes. Oh, Guess boom! Real did. quick. Yeah. Um, if they have said something, or you know, hey, we've come from a background very, very different from a, a Southern Baptist. You know, um, I think you you're going to need to sit down with them yeah. in a week, and There's you're going to need question. to walk through some things. Yeah. Don't just you know, and and don't just let them say a, a little simple kind of Sunday school answer or whatever. If you have any doubt. Then tell them, pray with them, yeah. But say, you know what? 
Let's take some time. We, we need to have a good – we need to have a conversation. So especially with children. Yes. Yes. That's that's a good word about with kids. Yes. So don't yeah. be hasty. No. Don't make a mistake. And if you're in doubt even as a pastor or you just feel like you need more information, then do that. I'll tell you a real quick story one time. When I was at a church, um, I, this person has passed away now, and so nobody would know. It was a long, long time ago. But uh, we had this very elderly man come down the invitation <laughs> and uh, I was a young pastor, and he grabbed my hand, and he said, well, and he just like this old gruff guy, he said, well, I think you're about the sorriest preacher I've ever heard, but if y'all have me, I guess I'll join this church. <laughs> and now, you know, there was a part of me that said, well, the guy says he wants to join the church. I'm going to have to, you know, what do I do now? Here he's come down. Uh, but you know what? I just... I just said a quick prayer, and I, I kind of swallowed hard, and I looked at that dude, and I said, Sir, if that's the way you feel about me as the pastor of this church, I don't think this church is for you. Yeah. And he turned around and stormed off. But you know what? I, I think I saved myself a lot of trouble from a that A lot guy. of headache. So the, what I'm trying to say is don't make a mistake, Pastor, yeah. and the, don't be too hasty in that yeah. invitation. Yeah. Don't feel rushed. If if you if there's something in your spirit says, oh, I need to talk to this person, I need to check it out, do that. Absolutely. Okay, uh, out of time. Let, hey, so, let, let me th- – I'm sorry. We're gonna yeah. let, one more hobby uh-huh. horse here. Uh-huh. You brought up the idea of the encouragers. Please, pastor, make sure that your encouragers – I almost say counselors <laughs> – your encouragers, make sure that they can not just know but articulate – the gospel. Yes, absolutely. I cannot tell you how many times they come, you know, uh, this encourager will come with this person and they'll say, um, yeah, such and such just uh, just prayed to receive Christ. And then I say, great. And then I talk with them and there is the light bulb is not on in the gospel house. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And so That's it's right. just, I mean, if we're going to do an invitation, if we're going, and we are, if we're going to um, have other people that are involved with that, it, it's just imperative or you go down a bad rabbit right. hole. That's yeah. right. So anyway, sorry, my last hobby horse. All right. Good, this uh, is good stuff. Good stuff. So yeah. invitations are important, and uh, we, need to, we need to think through them, and we need to uh, prepare them, plan them, get everything yes, in place. prepare them, prepare them, prepare and, them. And um, they're important. So Okay. So Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. See you next time. This episode of Feeding and Leading has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptist. Visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptist, advancing the gospel together.